Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Stephen Knight Show. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I hope you're having a great Monday, and hopefully it'll get better for you tonight. Tonight, we are continuing part two of our discussion, our panel discussion we had. If you remember, two weeks ago, we uh, welcomed men filmmakers who you know talk about the ins and outs of everything. Well, tonight, the women, they're taking over, and they're uh, sharing their experiences. Definitely interesting conversation. Then in Hot Topics, we're talking about everything from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta recap. Some people thought that... Um, Nene was kind of wrong for uh, tweeting about her husband's cancer, uh, but Greg came to her defense. Also, find out what happened to Magic Johnson's daughter, his only daughter, when she was staying at Airbnb in California. All that, and then some, I'm not excited about this, but some uh, drama for Salim and Mara Akil. A woman is suing him for non-consensual assault and battery. All that and hot topics. Listen, I want to remind you we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and of course our official website, thestephenisshow.com. You can also check us out on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just go to our website, thestephenisshow.com. We'll be right back after this.
Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked right here. Love life. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Miss Parker, how's it going? Happy Monday. How are you guys doing? I cannot complain. How was your weekend? You were in L.A. this weekend. How was that? Yeah, I was in California for our corporate um, Christmas party and ended up spending some time with my dad and some family and friends. So had an amazing weekend. It was really good. The party was great. It was in... Um, Excuse me, Newport Beach. Okay. If you know anything about Newport Beach, it's probably the wealthy area, Huntington Beach, Laguna area. Um, so it was on the yacht. It was really nice. Nice. I mean, it went all out. Um, we had a great time. You look nice. I saw the pictures. You look really nice. Yeah, she looked real good. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I had to show out a little bit. It was on the yacht. So. That's all. You, you won't play with her, huh? <laughs> exactly. My weekend was kind of low-key. I didn't really do too much, but... This weekend, I have stuff going on, so I didn't mind it at all. How was your uh, weekend, Chica? Um, I worked. I was in set filming, and uh, we wrapped 2.30 last night, and I basically, like, kind of left the set and then went to work, kind of, sort of. So, yeah, that's the hustle I'm on. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, I want to um, make an announcement. We've been talking about our um, the Stephen Knight Show Christmas Kindness Giveaway. Um, if you go on our Facebook, we have a um, a um, foundation page or whatever it's called. Is it called a foundation? There's <laughs> a page uh, on there. Um, you can go to my page or the Stephen Knight Show page for a link. We can go to our website. Pretty much what we're doing. The... Go ahead, Miss Parker. It's called a fundraising page. Fundraising page. That's what it is. Thank you. Thank you. So what we're doing, um, will you want to uh, talk about Miss Parker? No, no, go ahead. Okay. So, you know, back in 2011, we, our first uh, season, we started the Steve and I Show Christmas uh, Kindness Giveaway. And over the years, we've given to um, families, you know, Angel Tree Network, um, different charities and organizations, and um, a lot of because you all's help. You all donate your money. Um, and you're, you allow us to be able to do these type of things. We definitely appreciate you. Well, this year we're raising money to create care packages that we'll donate to the homeless community here in Atlanta. 
So we're going to um, pass out the care packages on Saturday, December 15th. And we encourage all of our listeners that are local to come out and volunteer. Now, if you're not local and unavailable or unavailable, uh, we still encourage you to donate to this important cause. You know, every donation, big or small, is definitely welcome and appreciated. And we would like to have all donations in by December 12th. So you can either uh, send us your donations via our PayPal account, which is the Stephen Knight Show at gmail.com, or you can go to our fundraiser page or our website, the Stephen Knight Show dot com, uh, to donate directly through there. We definitely appreciate you and look forward to this event on December 15th. And we will be posting pictures and everything so you can see the fruits of your labor. So we thank you in advance. Also, um, the Stephen Knight Show t-shirts, these things are selling out. I'm having to order them left and right, but they're selling out. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you want to get a t-shirt, go to our website to stevenightshow.com. There's a link and you can click on it and see the shirts, the different sizes and, uh, and order there. All right. So you ready to get into these hot topics? Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, Housewives of Atlanta. I know Chica is your favorite thing to talk about. You too, Miss Parker. Well, (laughs) 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 so yesterday, um, it was uh, revealed. So, you know, Candy and Portia have had this kind of feud over the years. Um, but now the feud's trying to kind of turn into Portia against Nene. So, pretty much, Candy, Cynthia, Marlowe, and Nene had a lunch. And Candy was telling um, the, the ladies about what she knows about Portia's fiance that he um, pretty much falls in love fast. Tattoos the women's names on his bodies, buys him Rolex watches, and then you know that's that's his thing. He has gotten a, a tattoo of Porsche. She announced on the show last night. Well, anyway, so she said that she didn't think it was for her to go to Porsche and tell her because you know they're rebuilding their friendship. And Nene agreed, you know that she shouldn't. That all the women pretty much agreed that yeah, it, coming from you it might sound like you're being shady. Da da da. da. So they all decided not to tell her not to tell Portia well Candy hears to the grapevine that Portia knows and is mad at Candy and so she assumes it's Nene who told because they're the closest out of the group the other women are not as close with uh with Portia so she didn't think she would tell so uh they had another lunch and Candy kind of confronted Portia and was like you know this is what happened I didn't want to say anything whatever whatever and Portia's whole thing is she, you shouldn't be going around talking about my man. You hate it when people talk about Todd. Um, and Nene denied, denied saying that she um, that she told Portia. Um, Portia said that Nene told her, and Portia saying it's the editing, the way it may have been edited. Right after Nene denied it, Portia said Nene came to her and said she probably didn't want to tell you because of you all's relationship. So the fans are reacting on... Um, on social media, of course, and saying that they think that Nene told and Nene shady for telling da 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 da. So that's that. Well, another thing that happened, um, and I didn't see this on the show, but I was reading about it today. So Nene tweeted, uh, you know, Greg, he's he's battling cancer. She tweeted, "I would." I, was she, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get the tweet right. She said, I would just think if I have or had cancer, I would see life so differently, not being mean, grouchy, and evil for no reason. But that's me. Prayers for me. Prayer for me. And so, of course, people were saying that Nene kind of went hard on Greg, you know, <laughs> you know, he having cancer, 
you know, you shouldn't be putting that out there. But Nina came, uh, Greg came to her defense, posted on Instagram a picture of her, and he said, um, I never even thought about someday we might be in this position, but we're here in the struggle of my life. Damn. This woman right here has put a mountain on her back and carried it with grace. She's given so much of herself. You, Nene, steps up to the plate, bats, and knocks it out the park every time. Something a lot of women can't do or wouldn't. So what she hit a wall and her cup run over. Pray for her, encourage her, lift her up. What good is tearing down, what good is tearing down going to do? I'm not bed stricken. I'm not dying of cancer. I'm kicking cancer's ass. So, one, do you think that, uh, what do you think about the whole Portia, Nene, uh, Candy situation? And do you think Nene was wrong for expressing her her frustration with Greg on social media? Yeah, but I think, I think you know, sometimes we just don't have the right tools or avenues to deal with our emotions. And having someone, have, being a caretaker of someone who is sick, is very emotionally and mentally draining. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't have the right support and sometimes you do need an outlet. So I think, you know, um, it was one of those situations where she may not have had an appropriate outlet. And so I just think people just need to leave her alone. Just let her, let her vent if she needs to, you know, yeah. I think, I think social media and what, I don't understand why these celebrities keep their comments on. Yeah, you, know, you said that. You don't, mm-hmm. need, you don't need you don't need to have these people giving you their feedback on what they think about what's going on in your life. Um, so I, I do feel bad for her. I'm sure it's not a, it's not a, an easy situation, and, and so she probably just needed an outlet. Um, now regarding the whole candy and Portia thing, I don't know. They're just too old. They all need to grow up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that they are right. I mean, she wouldn't she wouldn't have been she wasn't happy when people were in her business or her relationship or her relationship with Ty, you know, I, I mm-hmm. think the best thing to do is probably just stay out of other people at this point. Chica? Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with everybody should mind their business. Yeah. Um, I do agree with Nene that maybe, um, that with Ms. Parker or Nene, as it relates to her being stressed out and, and a little overwhelmed with, you know, her life situation right now. All the more reason why you shouldn't be in somebody else's business, you know, telling their business when you should be tending to your own because you got a lot going on in your own house. Mm-hmm. However, with that being said, I think maybe she should see someone. Maybe see some. Go see Ayanna. She's fixing lives. Go right. talk to her. Right, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and on another note, and on another note, let's, let's keep it all the way 100. These women are making money off of their lives and their business. So then putting stuff out there is feeding, you know, the pocket. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, it's like Candy's trying to make this her storyline because she keeps saying she's not going to bring it up. not going to bring it up. Even when she brought it up to her assistant, uh, Don Juan, he was looking like, why are we talking about this? I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, uh, Eva was on watch what happens. And she thinks that Candy's being kind of messy with this whole situation, but also with Nene, um, I can only imagine care, you know, being a caregiver um, to someone and, you know, watching them health kind of fail or dealing with it, you know. So she probably, like Ms. Parker said, vended. Um, but Greg knows what's going on. He knows that she's been there for him. And so I think that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So, you know, um, Celine, Akil, and Mara, Akil, they, they're the um, 
creators, they have Black Lightning on, they have Love Is on um, on OWN. Well, yeah. so Salim is being sued by a woman named Amber Dixon Brenner, who says that they've had an affair for, for over a decade up until last year. She's suing him because for non-consensual assault and battery. So she's saying that, and she's also saying that he um, stole one of her scripts or kind of used her, breached the contract and used some of the storylines, kind of re- rewrote it, used some of the storylines from something she wrote in 2016 about an abusive relationship on Love Is. So she's, uh, she's saying that he, that um, she wants compensation she wants emotion. She's suing for emotional distress, attorney fees, and punitive damages. She's also suing Akil, the Akils and Oprah's own network for federal court for uh, copyright infringement. Now, Akil's attorney Stephen Barnes released a statement saying that these allegations are deeply upsetting, but they are also totally untrue. We will defend Salim uh, to the fullest against the false and offensive claims that a woman with whom he had a past relationship has included in a multiple unsubstantial uh, lawsuits. Salim looks forward to clearing his name and being able to focus on his work and his family. Now, the CW, which Black Lightning's on and own, have not released any statements. But uh, Warner Brothers is doing an investigation on Salim and Mara's CW show, Black Lightning. What are your thoughts? Um, that sounds like a whole lot of mess. So a woman he had an affair with is now um, saying that it wasn't consensual. It's, it's a lot. I mean, I hope yeah. they can work it out in, you know, in court and, and, and everybody. It's just, I mean, it, it's not something that I can comment on because, you know, the details right. are not something that we're privileged to. So, um, you know, I think that the courts will just have to work it out and hopefully everything works out. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, she she said she's um said he slapped her, strangled her, forced her to do oral sex, um, and even uh, urinated in her mouth. So does she have um, police reports? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's like a lover scorn. I mean, it seems like you know if they did have an affair, you know, um, I don't know. Like you said, we still have to see how it plays out, but it seems like. Why are you coming out of all this now? You know what I mean? I mean, it was last year, but still, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Chica? I mean, I kind of think the same thing. It sounds like, you know, something didn't go someone's way and someone got upset. Yeah. But, you know, in this whole um, creating and, and writing and, you know, producing, you know, the things that they produced, um, if she did write something and you did copyright it, then the proof is in the paper. Yeah. I mean, the proof is an eight. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, then it should easily be proven. But that's if true. it's something intellectual, like something that maybe they shared in Pillow Talk, and he happened to take it and run with it, and he had the vehicle and the means to do it, you, there's nothing you can do about that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I hate to, I hate to come out and say, you know, um, she's lying and all right. that stuff. Because when, when someone is, 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 is doing those type of allegations, it needs to be investigated by yeah. appropriate authority. Absolutely. Um, so I don't. I definitely don't want to go there. But I think that if it is, if it is a lover scorn situation, 
I'm hoping that the police and the investigators and, and people who are involved are able to look into that and and um and somehow um be able to you know figure it out and clear his name so he and his family can move on um and, and you know and, and 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 move on without the cloud over his head but if it is some some truth to it and obviously I want that the the authority the proper authority to be involved as well so yeah. Um, you know, we just have to watch it. You know, let them, see what happens. Let them uh, do their job and see what happens. Yeah, sure. The, the only, I'm sorry, can I butt back in for a second? The only reason that I, I, I think that is because the Akil's, um brand now, when, now that they're on own, their brand is love and their brand is their union and their Delicious, marriage. Yeah. That's their brand. Mm-hmm. So if it was really honestly and truly just about the the, the, the art and the literature, then it would just be about that. But the whole other component of it, the, the, the affair and the violence and the attack, all that stuff comes in because now it attacks integrity. So I didn't see the point. If it, was, if, it, if it was about the art and the lawsuit, why bring the other stuff into it? Yeah. Well, I guess to make the case uh, stronger. I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens with this. All right, so something crazy happened. Imagine Johnson and Cookie, imagine Cookie Johnson's uh, only daughter, Elisa, uh, she was staying in an Airbnb with 10 friends in um, San, Fer- San Fernando Valley. Fern- is that how you pronounce it? Um, over the weekend. And two men uh, invaded the home, taking $3,000 worth of jewelry and other belongings. Now, TMZ said that uh, Lisa Johnson uh, was at her home with the friends that they rented Sunday morning when two men were able to enter, according to police uh, sources, began threatening 10 people that were staying there. Well, Lisa, even uh, the scary situation, she was able to escape the home. She ran to the back and was able to uh, escape out the out the house, the bedroom. The suspects reportedly uh, cleaned out the home, fled the scene before the police could arrive. Uh, but they walked away with Rolex, jewelry, cash, and electronics. None of, none of the victims suffered any injuries, and Lisa was is reportedly doing okay. Does that make you look at Airbnb sideways now? I've always looked at Airbnb sideways. <laughs> I think, you know, I think things can happen anywhere, anytime. These days, anyway. Um, you know, we just, yeah, we just can't live our lives in fear. Things yeah. are always going to happen. There's always going to be crime. There's always going to be everything. There's nothing that is safe and soundproof. Um, it is unfortunate that people will take advantage of situations like that to take things from people that they don't, that ha- they haven't earned and, and steal and rob and, and bug- buggerize people. But I think that it's, you know, I think that um, the message should not be okay. Don't use Airbnb now because, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just not a message that that I think is appropriate for this situation. I think what's appropriate should be, um, you as an individual should be responsible enough for your own lives that you're not stealing from people. Right. Yeah. And having to rob people. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is unfortunate. I feel I feel really bad. You know that it happened, but this has happened in the hotels. People have been robbed in mm-hmm. hotels. Uh, Kim Kardashian lose their items in hotels mm-hmm. than, than, than um you know than in Airbnbs. So no, I think most Airbnbs for the most part are safe. Um, I think people mean well by it. I think people who are written it are um, people who want their guests to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'm glad that she she's okay and that they were able to get away you know with their lives and what really matters because three three thousand dollars worth of jewelry for them is you know petty change. Thirty. So, 30000 mm-hmm. 
But even still, like you said, yeah, that, the Johnsons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what really matters is that they, um, that they're safe. Yeah. Well, I happen to love Airbnb, by the way. I stay there every time. Well, most times I travel. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I still, I love Airbnb. I'll still be staying there. Well, sad news. This is our last topic. Uh, our former President uh, George H.W. Bush passed away over the weekend. Um, and a lot of people are saying it speaks to his character, the fact that he invited, because he, he actually um, planned a lot of his funeral um you know, before he passed, even though some of the people he wanted to speak there or to attend have passed since then, but they made it important that he uh, planned his funeral. But he also um, invited Trump, and you know that his family does not get along with Trump. But they say he's, he he uh, believes in the the office, the president office, and he, and he knows that it's um, tradition that the living president comes to any former president who passed away's funeral. Um, he won't be speaking, however, but him and his wife are attending. To um to attend as well as with the Clintons and the Obamas, you know all the living presidents and the Carters, and you know he hasn't spoken to the Obamas or the Clintons since he got in office. So people are curious to see uh, how that's going to play out. Do you have any thoughts on his passing? Um, my condolences to him and his family. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, a lot of people said that um people thought he was underrated because he was only a one term president. But they also talked about all the wonderful things that happened while he was in office, like, you know, then the apartheid with um, uh, Mandela being freed and all that. But, yeah, our thoughts and prayers yeah. are with um, with the Bush family. And, yeah. I wanted to mention something really quickly, though, with um, with uh, The View today. Uh-huh. I just saw the clip of Megan and, and Joy. Um, Joy went off. Having a- having an argument about it yeah i haven't been able to catch up on it like i got back this morning and trying to catch up with sleep and everything else right. but i um saw the clip and it seemed like joy was expressing herself yeah that he that most of the policy that he has that he implemented during his term regarding the environment which joy is very passionate about right. that president trump is now trying to reverse mm-hmm. that, those policies yeah and then Megan just went off she's like right. i want to talk about trump how are you gonna tell a grown person what they what they can't talk about? That's what I didn't understand. What I mean, and um, Joy looks she looked pissed. <laughs> Usually she jokes a lot, but yeah. she looked really pissed with that. She looked really pissed with that. All right. Well, listen. Thank you so much for um, hot topics and um, Miss Parker. Have a great week, Chief K. I'll see you in movie reviews. Yes, sir. All right. Right back after this. She likes to read books on philosophy She only eats at small cafes She questions every single part of me She makes me better every day It's not the way she styles her hair Or the design of clothes she wears her silhouette's one of a kind But most of all, she's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind 
So many girls I see are wild and lovable, but I'm looking for my queen, my Claire Huxtable. The black American dream, it sounds so wonderful. The only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable.
stack money. Yeah, I'm living great. If it ain't about money, niggas gotta wait. Bezos say he wears great. Driving foreign to the A, ain't a riddle, but it got New York plates. And these bitches don't love you, they around, cut the money. Only chasing money, honey. Change my ways, now y'all call me funny. But boy, yeah, I'm really hungry. Head high when it get ugly, I want my music through the country. So y'all could really hate. Bitches stay to state, girl, we don't really date. I just let y'all niggas hate. I'm me and Naji at the gate. Big cuz home, man, I can't wait. Big bucks, Jigga Joe, all I know, never love a hoe. All I know, move differently. All I know, get this gritty. Niggas know me, all I know is told through my fucking city. All I know is niggas gon' hate. Low dude. All I know is fuck you, pay me. Fuck you. All I know is money make the world go. Make it go. All I know is that the money won't change. Change me. All I know is niggas gon' hate. They gon' hate. All I know is fuck you, pay me. Fuck you. All I know, I gotta talk my shit, freeze ray on my neck, designer outfit, only rock valid shit, only whip valid whip, shorty I ain't coming through, if it ain't a valid trip, yeah I let them 32s, 15, valid shit, drill time, had it lit, fuck your bitch, I gotta split, yeah she give me top, but I don't lick the clip, I chase all the money, can't wait to be rich, niggas they be switching, haters better listen, get off my dick, I only got money vision, niggas not in my division, my attention will be given, I know yeah I hate how I'm living well, Little dude, little dude, uh, cuz All I know is niggas gon' hate All I know is fuck you pay me All I know is money make the world go All I know is that the money won't change me All I know is niggas gon' hate All I know is fuck you pay me All I know is money make the world go, make it go All I know is that the money won't change me All I know is that the money won't change me won't change, won't change me. Won't change me. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Ricardo Grim Hunt in the airwaves right now. You listening to the Stephen Knight Show? Hey, don't go to sleep without saying your prayer. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now, a few weeks ago, we began this two-part discussion about the ins and outs of filmmaking. If you remember, in part one, we welcome a panel of men. Well, tonight it's all about the ladies and their perspectives. So first, I'm going to um, start by introducing our panelists. And uh, ladies, I want you to all answer for me one question. What's your favorite movie and why? I know it's going to be a little difficult, but let's see what we can come up with. We'll start off with Tiffany Yancey. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. Like I, ha- I had to go first, right? You had to go first, right? <laughs> What's your favorite? Thank you. Thank you. My favorite, I would say, well, one of my favorite movies, uh, the 90s classic is uh, I Love Boomerang. Oh, yeah. Because um, I love that because I'm a, I'm a rom-com type of chick. That's, mm-hmm. the type of, that's the industry, the genre that I write and produce. And uh, when I saw that film in the 90s, I was like, oh, that's, that is like the life that I want to live. Like, yeah. I want to be Robin Gibbons. Yeah. So, and I love how that, that perspective and the flip with the dog. I mean, it was just, I just love the movie. So, <laughs> that was, uh, so that's kind of, and it was funny. It was a funny love story. So, uh, yeah, Boomerang. 
All right. All right. And next up, uh, Lania Love. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me back. <laughs> we, we appreciate ladies. you. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> um, I'm a. I'm a come up a little bit um to the present in regards to a favorite movie. I I, I have a whole bunch of old movies that I love, but a new favorite of mine that actually Chike and I went to go check out Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. the story of Queen and Freddie Mercury, which was awesome. The cinematography was awesome. Nice, and nice. The actors oh, were. Awesome. Like they, when I told I you they picked it. the right people for that, and <laughs> like it was amazing. The guy who played Freddie Mercury, like I so enjoyed it. And the recreation of when they did the Live Aid concert mm-hmm. was oh, just right. spectacular. So that's my movie. All right, all right. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Then we have Isabel Montello. Is that correct? That's it. Correct. Yes, Montello. Okay. Welcome to the show. Welcome to your first time on here. What would be your favorite yeah. movie? Thank you, Steven. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be this with this uh, talented panel you've got going on here. I appreciate um, you. Thanks. Well, you know, my favorite is um, the first foreign film to win an Oscar for Best Picture category, okay. which is uh, Life is Beautiful. Nice. Um, yeah, and the reason I chose that is because, you know, I write comedy but to make a comedy from something so horrific as the Holocaust mm-hmm. is just, to me, just brilliant. You know, I was like, you know, laughing and crying at the, literally at the same time. Wow. So, <laughs> like, in one minute I was crying, one minute I was cracking up, and no film has ever done that. I mean, yeah. I've been laughing, but not crying, you know what I mean? Or I've been crying and not laughing. So just to me, and, and to me this is quintessential, when you can make someone provoke an audience to do those those things all in, in one movie, you know, and, exactly. and, and, and tap into history too, you know, the, mm-hmm. the tragedy of the Holocaust and all. So I thought, you know, Roberto Benigni did such a great job of directing and, and acting and, um, you know, he won, he won the best actor that year too. So oh, yeah, wow. that's my favorite movie. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> and we have Sherelle Hogan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you. What's, um, what would say your favorite movie is? Company with the ladies. Yes, yes. Oh, so I guess I'm a little different. I'm going to go all the way left. Okay. <laughs> um, One of my favorite movies that I can pop in anytime was actually two, and they both happen to be musicals, Um, is Chicago. Mm. Um, is my all-time favorite. And then the follow-up is Burlesque. Okay. Um, yeah. Only because it, it just mixes so creative. I love being a creative and not just sticking with, you know, the same template, but being able to tell a story through music and acting, and it captivates you, and you don't miss a beat. Yeah. So I, I just love those movies because, um, you know, it's the story's just told through songs, and then it's told through regular acting, and it was just very creative. So I love both of those movies. Nice, nice, nice picks. All right, and then last but definitely not least, Rebecca Pierce. Welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank it's you. Here. Well, I appreciate you. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm having a, I'm sitting here like just listening to everybody's answers, and I'm like racking my brain, going, "Oh my God, I don't ask this one." Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go even further back, and I have two old classics: Arsenic and Old Lace, Cary mm. uh, oh Grant, and Imitation of Life. And then, of course, I'm an 80s baby, so it has to be 16 Candles. <laughs> mm. 
Okay, okay. Ooh, yeah. Those films are, yeah, I could, I could watch those Pretty films. Pretty and Pink, yes. Oh, my God, The Breakfast Club. I mean, the I, Breakfast could, Club, I could watch yeah, those yeah. all day long. Nice. So I, I love great storytelling and like Arsenic and Old Lace with Terry Grant, um, uh, or excuse me, Gary Cooper. Uh, no, Terry Grant. I always get the names mixed up. It's just, I mean, great writing, fantastic acting, and just delivery, and and of course, Imitation of Life. I'm talking about, of course, about the 19. Yeah, 1958 how do you think it'll be a little different tonight from the uh, ladies' perspective? I know you know most of them. Um, I don't know. It, this was kind of part of the reason that I wanted to do this because mm -hmm. I wanted to see what the difference would be myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. this is well, like an experiment. I'm it, sorry. It is. No, it is. <laughs> so you're saying we'll have rats? Well, one thing Chicky has always said, and I asked the gentleman this uh, a couple weeks ago, is that he said over the years that he finds that a lot of times indie films are more, especially new indie films, are, are more entertaining and more in depth than a lot of majors because they're not having to go back to the powers that be, you know, walk all this red tape. And step in as you want to. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that is the case in many cases for um, indie films? Um, I mean, yeah, me. Um, um, I do. I okay. do. I feel when you're when you're indie filmmaking, you um, you, you don't have to answer to anyone. You get to make the movie you want to make. Right. I mean, it's just harder because you have less money, mm -hmm. but. You definitely get to. I, I'm working now on. I'm in pre-production right now. I'm producing a, a supernatural dark comedy called Death of a Fool. We start shooting on Monday um, in Miami. So nice. uh, it's it, it's it's. I'm, I'm having a ball, and you know the writer's the director, and he's also the EP, mm -hmm. and he's you know. But you know we we didn't have to change anything. You know yeah. we only changed stuff that he wanted to change at the end of the day because he didn't think it worked. Blah blah blah, but um, yeah, you definitely you definitely have more flexibility, um, and you know, good and bad. You don't have to worry about having the star names and the star power. I mean, it's good to have the star power because you know, then you know that you're going to definitely sell the movie. But you know, we we, we you know we, we we have the local stars. We have a lot of Latino stars because he's Cuban, I'm Cuban, and so we have a lot of Latino local Latino stars from Miami. And so we're really really excited because now we're exposing a whole, we're exposing, you know, the American audiences, this, this whole Latino uh, cast that nobody, people don't see, you know, often. So it, it's, it's really exciting. I, I, I do think we have a lot. I mean, what Hollywood movie would make an all Latino cast? It just wouldn't happen. That's true. That's <laughs> no, very true. Very true. You know? Yeah. So we're, we're doing that. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, and just, just so you know, girl power thing, behind the scenes, 50%, and part of this is because of me, and part of this is because the director is just awesome. He's a 30-year-old young guy, just super open. 50% um, of the cast and crew is female. 
So nice. I'm very excited about that. Nice, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> to, piggy, to piggyback on what um, Jezebel just said, um, even though we don't have the funds, and this is Lania Love, even though we don't have the funds to, to bring in what, what they would consider uh, um, A-list celebrities, when people come on to a project, especially an independent film project, um, all of them are set at release because they're investing their time because we're, right. we're nine times out of ten unable to pay them um, because we are independent. We have to channel that money into other areas. Mm-hmm. So we have to – it's like you have to compromise in certain areas when it comes to doing certain things. And I know that <laughs> not yes. only from dealing in other people's projects but with my own projects and finally being able to say to myself, um, I'm not waiting on somebody to give me anything. I've been rejected from here to Mount Rushmore. And I said, you know what? The the way that I want to see myself in the roles that I know I'm capable of playing, I'm going to create that. And that's what I did with my film, Providence. And I am the EP. I'm the star of it. And I came out my pocket 100%. My director is awesome. My cinema photographer is awesome. And everybody that helped me put that together is awesome. And, and we worked hard, and I mean, I had more hats than that because we mm-hmm. didn't have a full crew. I was mm-hmm. my caterer. I did our craft services. I mm-hmm. every weekend wow. for my cast and my crew. Mm-hmm. I made sure that they ate. I made sure that if somebody needed a couple dollars, I got you for your travel, That's depending right. on where you came from. But at the end of the day, I don't want to waste nobody's time. So everybody is a star. You will get treated the way right. that you would expect right. to get treated on a high top motion picture that just ain't able to pay you. But I'm gonna act like I'm with Warner Brothers or Paramount. That's right. That's right. Because I'm gonna right. make you feel like that's you right. are that. So that that's, that's my true. tidbit on that. I completely agree. I had to pick back on that. <laughs> this is uh this is Tiffany Yancey and um like I said well. Two people worked with me on my first project. Love them, leave them. Miss Lynette yeah. Love that played my ride or die chick in there, and yeah. Mr. T.K. Evans. And um, yeah, I definitely say being an independent filmmaker gives you a sense of this freedom to create your vision, the idea that you have. My film is a rom-com that definitely pushes the envelope. It's about a woman who meets a guy that has a a little penis. Now, what <laughs> movie that you know, out here? Understand? Like I had the idea. And the, you should have talked about that during Gentleman's Hour. Oh, have a small penis. What's it like? I didn't crush their ego, but I'm just saying, writing a film from a woman's perspective is that is my 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 passion and my purpose because we don't who if no one can if we can't tell our stories who can? And these are things that I talk about with my girlfriend. And from a funny perspective, so when I had the idea, I said, I'm going to do it. And like Lania said, you know, yeah, I'm the writer, producer, star, caterer. I mean, I mean, any and everything, you wear so many hats because this is your passion, your project, your love. And if you're not in this thing because you love it, then you don't need to be doing it. And because okay. there's so much work, but the result is definitely worth it. So, yeah. And from doing that project, I didn't know how to write a screenplay. I didn't know how to be formed. I didn't know anything. But I just wrote it, and, and, and we just did it. And we put it together, and it won. And I was just like, okay, you know what, Tiff? We can do this. And, mm-hmm. I, and so now it, it inspired me to keep writing, taking more classes, because I want to tell 
you know, stories from a woman's perspective that mm-hmm. no one else can tell. You know what I mean? So it definitely gives you a sense of freedom. And it's a, it's, it, like I said, it's a lot of work, but there's a lot of reward in it, too. So That's right. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for all the people who, you know, like I said, Linnea and, and TK, I told, again, the script, it was like, okay, let's go. Let's make it happen. So, I mean, when you have, like I said, it's not just about yourself. It's about the people surrounding you That's and right. doing it as a collective, as an ensemble. It's just like you sharing you know, uh, all the rewards with, you know, with the people who help you build it. So most definitely. Right. Let me, let me ask a question. I know that uh, with the general, we talked about budgets and we know independent films, sometimes the challenges are coming up with the budgets or working around that. How has technology allowed you to be able to make these projects uh, and not necessarily need the big budget that you maybe needed previously? I think, well, um, <clears throat> this is Tiffany again. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting over cold. Um, I think with the technology, with the platform that we have, like with YouTube and uh, Facebook, um, we have, nowadays you don't necessarily have to go to Hollywood. You, Hollywood is in your, your, at, your, at your fingertips, is where you started. And long, the main thing nowadays is about building a following. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's pretty much how Issa Rae got to where she is. She started like I said, just building with people around her and created a show on YouTube and has built a, a following of subscribers. And from there, she got, you know, got noticed. And, and she got funding and things of that sort. So a lot of times, you, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. You have to think outside the box. Sure. You know, nowadays going to Hollywood, you, know, you don't, you have to think, uh, you know, there's a different route for me. And, well, and, and you just have to use it to your, your advantage. In, in that aspect, Tiffany, you've got, the, you know, the way you really save money and the, and the, and the, the way technology's changed filmmaking is in marketing. You know, so now you use, like you said, you use YouTube, you use all these social media platforms for marketing. So they're free, you know, you can put together a quick trailer, you know, you know, in, you know if, if you have to, if you're desperate. You know, you use iMovie, you put it together, and, and, and you've got all these marketing tools that you never had before, you know, that you literally had to put an ad in the paper, and you had to, you know, and you had to, you know, who can afford a commercial, you know what I mean? So um, that, as far as marketing, it's like besides yes. you know needing to come up with money for festivals and you know which is part of marketing um you know that that part has really saved indie filmmaking a lot of money because even back in the day when they were still making independent films on 60 millimeter 8 millimeter you know there was no way to market like nobody saw it nobody knew what was happening nobody saw it but now we, we you know we have all these platforms where we can just say this is what's happening this is what we're showing here's a clip you know so uh, it's, it's it's really good when it comes to marketing most yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And um mm-hmm. just to, and just as when you say marketing, that is the main thing that I have learned in this in this journey of filmmaking is marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day we're creating a product, a product That's itself. Right. That's and right. If you don't have a following, if you don't have an audience who wants to see that product, it, it just gets you know what I mean I mean it's great to go to film festivals and things of that sort, but then after that, then what? You know That's what I mean? right. So, so what I've learned, and anybody I would tell moving forward, set up a start up marketing. Like what I'm doing now, my next series I'm, I'm working on now is called The Introvert Life. And I started an IG page just posting funny memes about being an introvert and building up my audience. Oh, and I'm slowly good. now going to monetize that. So that, I'm going to use that as a way to bring in income. So then when it's time for me to shoot my pilot, I have money and I have an audience. 
who's ready to see right. that it's a niche market. So that's what I would tell any filmmaker. This is what I've learned personally. Okay, start with, like I said, marketing, find a, a niche. Whatever your mm-hmm. film is about, find that niche and start marketing now. Create a blog, do an IG page, and just start building up that interest. So when it's time to drop that trailer or it's time to drop that pilot episode, you already have people who are already interested in it. Yeah. That's right. So That's right. Is, he, it's like this is a business. And it's like I said, we're creative, we're, you know, creative, but... But we're selling a product. Business. Yeah, we're selling mm-hmm. a film business. And I've learned this mm-hmm. is a business, and you have to learn how to make money and be smart. So you have to learn, you know, all aspects of it. So Most definitely. You know, for that being said, that's just my, what I've learned uh, so far, and I would tell that to any filmmaker, you know, starting out doing this. Most definitely. And I know that, uh, Isabel, you talked about the fact that your uh, new film you're working on has a uh, predominantly Latino um, uh, cast. And, mm-hmm. you know, we saw a movie like Black Panther. We saw uh, yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. And it, it kind of broke that myth that uh, people of color don't bring people to movie theaters because of the numbers. That's right. How, That's right. how important are movies like that even though they're not indie, but the, the fact that they brought out just a diverse group of people, how important is it to today and, and where we are in this era? Well, I mean, for me, it's important because I want to see me and my surroundings and my, you know, my background and my life on the screen, you know, yeah. and whenever that doesn't happen, it's annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you know, so you got to be a producer and you got to be a writer. And, you know, I'm a writer too. Um, and you got you to gotta write the story, you know, write your own story, write what you want to see. Um, and it, 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 it's super important because there's always somebody out there that, 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 that sees it and goes, oh, my God, you know, thank God they did this. And, you know, I'm telling you, there's always an audience for everything. There just is. Mm-hmm. And so we have to put it out there and, you know, like, build it, they will come. You know, the famous saying from, uh, what's that movie with Kevin Costner? Uh, feel the dreams. Feel, feel you know, the dreams. feel the dreams. Build it and they will come. If you build it, I'm telling you, the audiences will come. And that's why, even though those movies are big budget, it doesn't matter. The point is still that the audiences will come. It's not available. You know, you got to give people a chance. That's why. I, I mean, I really believe in it. That's why we, we all, as women, you know, as, as, as Latinos, as African American, we have to get into that idea that we have to just do it and put it out there, and we have to, uh, you know, be confident in that people will come and see it. I, I'm confident. There is a lane. There is a lane for everybody. This is what yes. There is a lane for everybody, and mm-hmm. there is everybody is different in, in the sense of what they create. But there's a lane, and there are people who want to see what you're doing, and they're interested right. in what you're doing and putting it out there. And 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 because things like Black Panther and 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 actually with um Casanova Brown, because it was the LGBT, yeah, you know, like things like that. When you're seeing things like that, when you get to see those things in people portraying what would be real life situations, you can relate. Okay. Because it's not contrived, it's not, it's not, it's not fake, and you're not telling. You can't tell me as a woman of color if you are 
uh, 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 I'm just going to use this as an example, a white person, you can't tell my story the way that I tell my story. That's right. That's mm-hmm. exactly You can't do it. that yeah. for me. I can only tell my story because I've lived it. I've lived in this skin. I continue to live in this skin. So you can't tell my story. And unfortunately, for people of color, they do not know how to tell our stories. And we have to fight like hell to keep telling our stories the way that yeah. they're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, it's authentic and it's genuine. Yeah. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. One of the things, this is Sherelle Diamond Hogan. Um, I'm listening to the um, the lady speak, and I'm just thinking about um, our film. Our film is a teaching film. Um, it's more about um, our social issues and traumas. And I think Rebecca's also is um, very specific about, um, you know, our target audience. So I was very specific about who um, I wrote, directed, and um, wrote, directed, and produced the movie myself. So it was more of I, the passion part was on point because I couldn't, the, one of the um, first officers told me, oh, you have to do it like this, you have to do it like that, and they were missing the point oh, of the man. reason why we had to shoot this. Wow. And just even the props and, you know, the props being very um, evident in the movie or why a certain line had to be the way it was because it all reconnected. So our film was called A Family Affair and it sort of sort of was like um I forgot the movie. But um it's it's just telling, you know, how we follow four families throughout the day and how all their lives interacted and how it just escalated to a big thing. But it was a day in the life of four families and the stuff that we live with being a teacher, a nurse, a minister Hello? advocate and sorry, I thought I lost you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So as a nurse, um, I'm also a professor. I'm a nurse, and, you know, I do advocacy in the community with domestic violence, sexual assault, mental health, suicide, and just being a writer and author are very specific so that it couldn't be um, stereotypical. This only happens to African Americans. Oh, it's because she's Latina. Oh, it's because, you know, mm-hmm. Asian, you know, um, and social issues happen to everyone. Exactly. So we level the playing field. Yeah. And anybody and everybody can relate. So part of my issue was um, marketing this because I'm very um, adamant about advocate um, trauma and triggering people. So I haven't exposed in bigger markets. We use it as teaching, um, teaching tool in um, university schools and you know, and um, and so we're working on the back piece. Because you want to be very careful about putting things, for me, putting things out there about domestic violence and sexual assault and mental health and, and, and having people connect, but leaving them there re-exposed, re-triggered right. in that. And it's like, oh, it was a good movie. Oh, that's the story. No, that's somebody's life. Yeah, this is exactly. real life. And then the, um, do our due diligence and follow up. So we had the hotline numbers and all hour long. And we were literally considered.
garner kind of support for. I'm a, I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force. I served six oh, years Well, thank you. Well, thank, thank you for your service. Yes. Thank you. And I, I experienced, you know, firsthand and also seen to many of the very serious issues that happen to women uh, in the military. And one of the big things that I'm, our project, our current project is called The War at Home, and it's a TV series that I'm pitching. Uh, that I'm working on and raising funds to film the first um, half of the web series. This is the story of, of an Army sergeant. I don't market that she's a black female Army sergeant, but she's right. a black female Army sergeant. And what happens when she returns home from the front lines? Because now that women can serve on the front lines, mm-hmm. there is not research to show the impact this is having on the psyche and the psychological well-being and the mental health of women, um, whether women of color, white women, Hispanic women, whatever, women in general. And so we have a very serious issue going on in the veteran community and active duty community, and that is homelessness, poverty, mm-hmm. PTSD, and the effects of military sexual trauma, rape in the military. Yeah. So one of those deals with this character who has witnessed an assault, who's been a victim of certain things, who's coming home to a husband who has abandoned their children and is divorcing her. And my my story is based off of the stories of two women women that I know personally, uh, who served and are still serving. And yeah. some of my own experience. So I've had producers tell me, Oh well that never that doesn't really happen. Oh my God. Mm. And and one producer told me this and he was retired military. I was like, What the hell? Yeah. What the hell? Out of touch. Okay. Out of touch. <laughs> right. So we're 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 um you know the script uh won two awards recently from a film festival. Just the script itself. Awesome. Like, Congratulations. It's, it's, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it it it's hard to uh market a product that people they don't want to talk about the issue exactly most exactly. of my work yeah most of my work focuses on that but i don't i don't quit i i get myself down good for you i don't quit telling i don't it, that's not my story so it doesn't matter because that's a bunch of crocs but it, it is definitely a challenge to, to put up a work that is not that's not sexy but that is so mm-hmm. very true. But also has, you know, can also be humorous, you know, because you need humor to get through some of the ugly, ugly things in life. But right. you know, as a woman filmmaker, and I've, I've had to direct my own stuff, which I don't like to do. Uh, but I've had to direct, I've produced, I've had to produce, I'm writing, I'm putting out there. And it's, it's an absolute challenge to, to do that. But there is such a reward when you get it done in spite of it. Yes, very yeah. much yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. As a artist, I encourage young women to continue to, you know, it's background noise. Yeah, uh, let me cut yeah. you off for a second. I'm sorry, is someone cooking yeah. or something? Because I hear all pans going <laughs> water. Something. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I, what I just wanted to say that addressed everybody um, is, you know, that that the, the thing is, you have to trust the the was it Rebecca, the one with the military story, Rebecca? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca and and Chanel and Tiffany and everybody. Um, that that's the idea too. That you're telling your story from your perspective, and whether you're Latino or, or Black or Asian, it, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, somebody's going to see that, and they have nothing to do with 
you know, the color of your skin and they have nothing to do with your gender and they're still going to somehow be affected and connect. Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's not a story, oh, you know, about a black military vet, blah, blah, blah. It's the story of this military person who happens to have gone through all this stuff who happens to be black. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, so that's, but that's why I think you, Rebecca and everybody really trust in the fact that your story is going to basically interest everybody. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing yeah, also. Just, just trust it. Just that's, trust that, it, yeah. you know, if you've got a great crew and you have a, and you have a talented post-production team, too, that can protect the film and make it look professional and make it the best it can be, right. that people will respect the story that you're trying to tell and they will emotionally connect with it. Even people that have nothing to do. I had people with uh, Casanova was a woman, uh, you know, it's LGBT. They were like, Jezebel, I, I, I didn't even see it at one point. It was this, this straight white guy. And he was like, I didn't even see it as like a gay movie at one point. It was a romantic comedy. You know, like, and that's awesome. Yeah. And he just saw that movie as a romantic comedy and didn't see all the rest of the social issues that I was addressing in the Latino aspect. And he didn't see any of that. I'm like, you know what? I did my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and also, like, I think that being exposed to different types of stories like this, it, it it's like watching a documentary in many ways. It opens you up to a world you may not be familiar with. And that's, that's why right. it's important that's to right. have exactly these type of roles. Yeah. But let's, mm-hmm. let's, switch, let's switch gears real quick. So we all know that um, the Me Too movement swept through the entertainment industry last year. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but I think last year is when we really, or last year, this year is when we really started seeing the effects of it. Um, I asked the gentleman this about their perspective on how the Me Too movement has impacted um, the major and indie, um, you know, realm. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Thoughts on the Me Too movement? Yeah, and how it's impacted uh, the film industry. Wow, that's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the level that it is... Go ahead. Excuse me. Oh, um, this is Sherelle um, Diamond Hogan. Me being... No, you're fine. Um, Me being an advocate of those um, traumas, um, I don't... I think it gave a voice to an epidemic that has been going on, not just in the film industry, but it gave a platform and a voice for people to speak about it openly. Right. Yeah. Um, do I think it's really made a difference where money's being affected? Not as much. However, it is being talked about. It is, you know, just giving a voice to men and women who have been affected to be able to, you know, just start having a voice. Because I still think it's still going on on some level. It's not going to change just because someone said something to that, um, you know, to the level where somebody's pockets are really being affected. You know, um, people are still making money. People are still out there who have done this um, and are making money. They're not in jail. They may, you know, their career may have been, you know, put a little black spot on it. But they're still, I don't think the first person who was talked about it is even in jail yet. You know, so there's still some clout there, you know, and uh, for me as an advocate, it's it's just a voice right now. It's a platform that's giving people strength in and out of the film industry, the movie industry, to be able to speak up or have some peace that they know that it didn't just happen to them. But I'm, I'm glad that it is being talked about um, and it's starting in the film industry, um, which is it, it's just amazing. Mm. But I don't think it's, going, it's made a, a major difference so much. People are, um, you know, in the country that we live in, certain things are given a pass to whatever you say about anything. 
So, you know, entitlement, um, whether it's because of race or it's because of gender, it's still there. Um, and it's going to take a while to really chisel that and really make a big impact, but I'm glad the spotlight was put on, on it. So it starts the conversation. Well, I think the reason, I think the spotlight is good in the sense that um, I do feel that there there is some change. I don't think it's that drastic, but um, first of all, it takes time. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you know, how much time, you know, thousands of years women have been, you know, subjugated and and oppressed. But, but, But the idea is that because the spotlight's on it, I do, I do feel that the younger generation and the, 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 the men that are put in positions of power that are younger, they, they are going to grow up seeing all this stuff. So they're, I think they're going to think twice because I, I'm actually feeling it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm in my 40s, and I'm actually feeling the younger guys, they're treating me completely different than the older men. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it's just a whole thing that I'm feeling. And that was never the case. Now, the thing, the thing, and that's, that's a generalization, you know, that's just a big generalization, but, um, but what, 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 what I'm still feeling, not so much, um, like, you know, the, 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 there's a power play and there's a power position that, you know, the, 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 you know men, like executive producers who are male and they, and they use their position to sexually exploit women, you know, that probably is still happening and, you know, it's probably going to continue to happen, but now I think, you know, they might think twice. Listen, I can't do this because you know. Look, look what happened to Harvey Weinstein. You know what I mean? Right. I can't do this because look what happened to Bill Cosby. I mean, that was a different era. Those guys are in their 60s. You know what I mean? So this is different. I think the new generation is really growing up with di- with a different with visuals, with different visuals and different hashtags and different taglines. And I, I'm optimistic. You know, yeah. the only thing that I think hasn't changed is the level of respect. Not so much, not so much like using, you know, trying to sexually assault women and and, and accosting women. Uh, the level of respect that women still don't get that hasn't changed. For their work. I mean, I, I, the level of respect. Like, if you're, I directed this thing in the summer. I directed these series of international corporate videos, and like, you know. <laughs> It's a constant thing, and I'm sure it happens with people of color and darker skin, and it's just, you know, like I have to constantly be, and then, you know, I'm sharing this with you guys, and everybody's going to hear this, but I constantly be proving myself, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I, this, is, this is the shot I want, this is it, this is it. Well, and then everything was a debate, everything was an argument. Let me tell you, if I was male and had a penis, there would be no debate, there would be no argument, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's constantly trying to prove myself, and they were young. You know, and I was like, oh, God, and my producer was in her 50s, and she goes, welcome to my world, Jezebel. This is like, you know, I've directed things before, but again, they they weren't all male, and they weren't all young, and they weren't, you know, there is a level of sexism, not not the kind to, you know, that, that deals with sexual harassment, but the kind that they don't respect you. You're not equal to them. Right. So, you know, that I do feel, and that. Dude, that hasn't changed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, agree. I, agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know what, girls? Just fight it. Just, just yeah. the hell with it. <laughs> you know, just, I think that's one of the positives of doing the indie film is to be able to be empowered to say that. Like writing, producing, yes. directing it. Uh-huh. This, I appreciate your input, but the final decision lies with me, and we yeah. have to have that understanding. 
and then um, went forth. And because in my head, I know this thing from beginning to end. You were seen in pieces, and you're not, you know, you don't get it. But once the movie was out, they was like, I see why that happened. You have to be so passionate and put your foot down. These are my non-negotiables. I'm willing to listen to some things Mm -hmm. that may enhance what I need. But I was, we shot our movie um, in five days. We yeah, shot five yeah. days, and we shot wow. this film in one year. I wrote it, directed I wrote it, and um, I put it out um, in January. It's a concept. We started shooting in February. I had wow. to release our first person who was helping us um, shooting it because uh, our movie's about trauma, and he told me, oh, by the way, I'm a registered sex offender. Oh, what? Wow. Uh, yeah. So I had to deal with all that and start all over again, heart crushed, no money, everything, and then he deleted purposely all of our shots from oh three different God. cameras. He deleted everything. So it's wow. very it's very passionate. But again, even with him being in the wrong, it was that chauvinistic sexism yeah. type thing. Yeah. And I was adamant about starting over again and we shot it in five days and the movie is phenomenal. But I'm just really excited about it. But just, you know, you gotta stand your ground. That's and true. the thing about, you know, just being able to own it and saying, okay, whether it's your money or your craft, I'm not negotiating the vision of this because I know the impact I needed to make. Yeah. You know, I don't need it to be a feel-good movie that, you know, that falls right. into the template. Oh, you got to make them last three times. Oh, we need this. When you have your vision to really go forth, you got to fight everybody and, you know, not negotiate just to get it done because you're going to get a project that's done, but it's not true to what your original vision was. And right. you're going to be highly upset that you, you, you wavered, you negotiated. And, uh, no, not at all. Can I just, can I, can <laughs> I just piggyback off of what Chanel just said yeah. real quick? Yeah, Sherelle, Sherelle, Sherelle. Sherelle, Sherelle. Sherelle, Sherelle. <laughs> um, can I just piggyback off of that? Um, the one thing that, that, that um, I think is so important and what I've done with my project, I have been mama bear. And nothing, <laughs> yes. go, nothing gets done. Nothing gets put out there until I say so because I'm so protective of it because I've been done dirty. Like, you know, in regards to what she just said, like people will do you dirty. And I went through it and I learned who was there for me and who wasn't during this process. I learned that. And those people who acted like they were and they weren't, they ain't never got to worry about me again. My thing is if I'm, if, if I ask you and you say you're going to help, I'm, if I feel like you're hindering me, that's a problem. And I felt sabotaged and I felt hindrance during this process, but I fought through it. And, and to piggyback off of what somebody else said, it's always a fight for us because it can never just be my, my, my film is about, you know, a detective, but I got to be the black female detective. I just can't be the detective. No, I'm a detective. That's what I am. I'm not the black female. I'm a detective. That's what I am, and that's what you need to acknowledge me as. And that's what we as women, we have to fight for that. Just like somebody said, I got to fight because I'm telling you that. I'm a, um, you know, I'm I'm a high-ranking officer in the army. That's what I am. I'm, I, why do I have to tell you I'm a woman? You see, I'm yeah. a woman. You see that already. I mean, it's so true. I just feel like, you know, going back to the Me Too and men. I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Um, my my background. I'm a, a, a 20 years English teacher. I've been teaching English literature and composition for 20 years, and I've learned to say with my military background and this being in the classroom. Wow. Particularly with in light of this Me Too movement, um, 
who's the expert in the room? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. You don't tell me how to do my craft. I've had, yep. we did a film two, three years ago called Black Wall Street, The Money Needed to People. And that film was based off of my best selling novel, Murder on Second Street, is that the word murder? We had our film premiere. We showcased it to the community. We had 300 plus people in the room. And this one lone black man stood up in the back in front of all these people and asked me, how come I didn't tell the story of XYZ. Jack Moore is an historic black neighborhood here in Richmond, Virginia, and it was one of the, mm-hmm. the black walls in America in the early 20th century. So my story took place during that period. And he had the audacity to stand, the first person to raise his hand and ask questions once we showed the film. And so I see talked about Maggie L. Walker and blah, 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 but why didn't you talk about this such and such and such? Now, everybody who knows me knows what <laughs> you're not going to do is tell me what I need to do. Right. So right. I, right. I, I, I said to say to the man, I've had to say this to a lot of people, and I want to encourage you to say this to Judy too. Since you know that story, you won't you tell. tell that story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know, but you know, the, the, the idea is why do we have to do that? <laughs> I mean, it's like, 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 as a woman, you have to, unfortunately. That's I know, I know, but it's such a, it's so, it's so all the time, you know? Like, you're constantly combating, uh, you know, that, that male-dominating presence that wants to dominate, that can't handle a female boss. You know, no offense to the amazing men that are out there, and there's plenty of them. I'm working with one of them now. But it's just that thing that so many men can't handle a female boss. They just can't. So, you know, you're either a bitch because you're telling them that you're the expert exactly. to shut up, and yep. then, you yep. know, but if it was a guy, he wouldn't be a bitch. He'd be just doing his job, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He'd be brilliant. He'd be pretty huh? Allen yep. part of the time. You know? All right. But we're going to have to fight extra. extra yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a constant battle. Well, I think conversations like this will, especially for men, uh, help change the way they think when they see. Because sometimes men just do things and don't realize how it's affecting. Or people do things don't realize how it's affecting others, but conversations like this yeah. will hopefully, uh, you know, bring a light to that. But we got to get ready to wrap. But before we do, I want to go through each person on our panel. Thank you so much for your uh, perspective and, and conversation. It was very dynamic. But I want you to answer this question for me. Why do you Why do you make films? Okay? So we'll start with you, Tiffany Yancey. And, oh, and after you um, answer the question, tell us where we can keep up with you on social media. And if you want to shout out a project you're working on or something like that. So go ahead, Tiffany. Oh. Okay. Um, I make films because it, it's my purpose and my passion. I just believe this is just something that's just in me that mm-hmm. I, I have to do it. You know what I mean? I can't, like, I just can't go through this and be on this, in this, on this planet and not um, have the stories and the ideas in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to get this out. I have to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, right. if you have that feeling and that burning desire, you just have to get it done any way, you know, that you, that you can make it happen. And, don't, like I said, to go back, like it's on the Me Too movement, me being in charge of that vision, that is why... I decided, like, I'm going to start my own production company. I'm going to write it, produce. I'm going to make this vision come to life any way I can. And I'm not going to let anybody stop me from making it happen. So, you know, me is just telling our stories. And I like to tell stories because I'm a, I'm a really silly, spooky person in real life. Y'all know me. <laughs> and, um, but I like to tell things from a comedic perspective of what the message to it. 
and um and it's just fun. I love it. I really yeah. just love yeah. it. You on is like it's nothing. You know, I mean, it's just the best thing in the world. So when you have something that that gives you that much joy, you have to do it. You know, I mean, it's not you being miserable. So that's why I'm a creator. I'm a filmmaker, and okay. I pursue this wholeheartedly. Um, right now, my, my film Love Me Leave Them is on YouTube. So you guys can go check it out, and um, you can follow me on Instagram at um, atyancy, and you can also follow uh, my uh, the Introvert Life, which is my new web series that's the IG page. Um, you can follow that currently. I'll be working on the pilot coming up really soon. So it's um, at the Introvert Life um, on Instagram, and um, also www.tiffanyyancy.com. And, um, yeah, I have some things in the works. I can't really speak on it right now, but it's coming. <laughs> All right. So stay, stay well, tuned. Well, we definitely will. Definitely will. All right, Lania Love, why do you make films? Yes. Um, because it's my destiny and okay. I have a purpose and it's my heartbeat. Um, filmmaking and creating content and being a storyteller um, is, I feel, the ultimate high because we get to shape and narrate things in perspectives that we have never really able to see them in. Um, and that's something that I look forward to because it's needed. It's yeah. needed. Um, yeah. It's too much ratchetness going on, and people need to understand that we are more than ratchetness. We are more than uh, blowed up butts and boobs and and, and fake everything. We are, we really are authentic. We really are genuine and we really are magic. And people need to know that and they need to see that. And they need to see that just because we, just because we are strong doesn't mean that we are bitches or we are upset or we are, we are just, we are who we are. So that is why, you know, um, I love making films. Um, so, um, Right now, my major project is my film, my feature film, Providence. Um, like I said, I executive produce, I star in it, and uh, we are in post-production with Providence. Providence is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, also, um, our short Mercy is on Amazon. Um, the slot is coming out. The sessions is coming out. Um, Tiffany already said love them or leave them is on YouTube. Last of Lost is also on Amazon Prime. We have a lot going on. We just want to create, keep creating content and putting it out there so people know. And you can also follow me, Lania Love, L-Y-N-I-A-L-O-V-E, all over social media. That's how you brand yourself. And I'm mm-hmm. out. All right. Isabel Montello. Jezebel, Jezebel. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, like the queen, baby. Like Jezebel, the queen. Jezebel, Montel. I apologize for that. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, well, you know, I started off as an actor at 13. Um, okay. I mean, I'm still an actor, but I start, at 13 years old, I was a professional actor. I did commercials. I did theater. Uh, I studied theater at UCLA, and so I did a lot of professional theater in New York and off-Broadway. And then I hit my mid-30s to late-30s, and jobs started to dwindle because middle-aged women, uh, they can't act anymore. I don't know why, yeah, you know, right. but supposedly they can't act anymore. Right. So, um, so then, I, you know, I, I always wrote comedy. I wrote sketches. I did improv. So, you know, most of my friends and people who believed in me, even directors and other writers, said, Jed, why don't you just write? Write something. Write something. So... Um, I did it, and I wrote my first feature, and I was pretty much introduced to myself 
as a writer. Okay. Yeah, I never considered myself a writer. Um, I just, uh, and now I am. I'm, I actually get paid to write, so it's, it's really crazy. That's um, awesome. And so the, my first feature, Casanova, was a woman. You could see that on Amazon Prime, and it's, it's an LGBT, Latino, female-driven romantic comedy um so we kind of fill all those niches and um and then after that i was like i started getting that bug for writing like i loved writing i loved filmmaking and um you know i i haven't stopped and so the film got sold and um i've been working on a lot of different things you can go to um um I got that be meaning a Spanish, like it denotes like impact, because we want to make an impact. So that's F U A C A T A, FuacataFilms.com. We're working on, I do mainly comedy, but I'm doing a Cuban docuseries. Oh, nice. And I'm very, I'm very excited because next year the pilot's going to premiere on PBS. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's called Reevolution. You'll see it on our site, Reevolution, the Cuban Dream. And then um, you'll see all the other shorts we've worked on there. You can actually rent them right on my site. Um, and then, like I said, Monday we go into day one of production of Death of a Fool. Um, so we're really excited. And I leave on Friday the day after Thanksgiving. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nicely packed schedule. But nice. I love it. I live and breathe it. I'm an artist. And I, every day, no matter what the medium, I have to create art in yeah. order to survive. Like eating, showering, going to the bathroom, and creating art. Yeah. Those are all, not in that order, though, but. And what can we keep up with you on social media? Oh, it's it's my name, Jezebel Montero, okay. on everything, on, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, and on Facebook, Jezebel Montero. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. And Sheryl Thank Ho you. Yes, Sheryl Hogan. Yes. So why do you make films? Simply because I can. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. That's awesome. I was like, simply because I can. Um, yeah. Again, I'm a nurse. I, you know, because of my life, I started journaling as part of therapy and I became an author that allowed me to be a speaker an empowerment speaker and an advocate and I'm just always evolving so as Jezebel said I'm learning I'm, I'm, I'm um, identifying myself in the work that I do but um, when it came time to again see the um, things that I've been through addressed in multiple areas, I didn't see this being talked about mm -hmm. and because I was born a creative and I have you know um, you know, just this creativity all through me, whatever I put my hands to, I wrote it. And yeah. it is amazing. And so we've, we're expanding on that. But to be able to um, impact and educate and empower and equip people with resources in any creative way that I can, that's what I decide to do. And to be able to put um, um, projects of substance out there in a cesspool of drama and yeah. you know everything's happy at the end of an hour two hours people's lives aren't like that yeah. so to be able to give a film to be in that to be able to have this as an option and the thousands of films that are out there millions or whatever that are out there to be able to put your passion as an option that's a great point is, yeah what I'm putting out there and whether it's on Hollywood big screens around the world, big screens, I, you know, anywhere, I know that whoever sees it will be impacted by it. So whether my name is in big lights or little lights, it's out there as an option for someone. Um, I love teaching and this is just a creative way of educating people. And I'm all about movies of substance because there's people, I've just seen a couple of movies that have big names in it. And I was highly um, disappointed because the level of their acting was not reflected in that movie. 
Okay. So I'm like, it's the, the big names, that was the draw. But when I sit down and pay my money, I want the substance. Yeah. I want to be able to right. see that. Yep. So big names may bring the money, but uh, that you can still say that movie was trash. But it had a lot of big yep. actors in it. But I want to be able to create something of substance and it not be watered down or just go, you know, that, you know how we say those B-rated movies go straight to the DVD. Exactly. And you know why it didn't go to I want something of substance. And because I can and it's in me, I'm grateful to have that opportunity to put my with my world changing capabilities out now in film and awesome. film being conscious right that. awesome it's part of conscience yeah so I'm on um, Instagram as Radical Diamond Radical with a K I'm on uh, Facebook as Sherelle Diamond Hogan's and then my website is SherelleDiamondHogan's.com on YouTube we have a channel with um, Radical Creations both with K's and we're just, you know, we're starting to do the branding and everything. But I just, I want to create the subs, the content for me. And yeah. you can brand and market trash. I want to make sure my foundation is strong. And then I'm learning from these ladies. I took some notes to be able to brand. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, um, I'm always, a, I soak up. I'm always a learner. So, you know, but I want to be able to brand substance and not trash. You know, and then when I put it out there, I want people to be like, you know what, that's dope. And I get it. So exactly. I just want to say thank you all, ladies. It's good to be, you know, even on the call with you all. Um, just really appreciate you. We'll definitely be checking out and supporting all of your work. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, thank, thank you, ladies. Same here. All right. And last but certainly not least, Rebecca Pierce. Why do you make uh, movies? Well, I actually uh, came into filmmaking uh, on a, uh, from a totally different route. I, I'm a playwright and okay. a novelist. And I was putting up my own shows and a young cinematographer approached me about developing one of my short plays into a short film and I snuck my nose about on that first I was like no I'm theater I don't (laughs) and then I went home and God had a conversation with me I don't know what you call him but I call him God and God said I didn't give you the gift to only put it in one area exactly more than just the playwright and I had to go back to that young man and say and apologize and say, let's do it. And so I, I've learned that storytelling, that's my gift. That's yeah. my creation. But it comes in many different facets. Exactly. So yeah. I don't mm-hmm. just film. I, I am across the board writer. And for me, it's important for every writer to at least try their hand in different genres because I think that makes you a stronger writer, gives you different right. angles to tell a story, right. and it gives you different audiences to to meet. So I I look at film filmmaking as a continuation of my gift. Yeah. I, I'm a storyteller, and I and uh, Sherelle knows she knows me very well. I don't put out anything that does not have to do with some method of empowering people, and I don't do the pretty happy endings either because that's not life. Yeah. I tell stories about real situations. I try to use a lot of humor in some of the things, but my my stuff, my my stories are about the human experience and the human existence. So when I put up a film, you know, I'm 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 putting up something that I'm hoping will empower and educate and inspire uh, audiences. I'm I'm putting up something that will I'm hoping will put something in them. And so it's important for me to be consistent also in my brand and what I put out. I'm all over social media. Rebecca, K-A-H, Rebecca with a K-A-H-L-P, you see my stuff everywhere. <laughs> because I, whether I'm, you know, giving a presentation, speaking or teaching, 
or putting out a book or putting out a film or helping my clients get their stuff ready for publication. I, I try to put out work that is legitimately well crafted and put together because I study my craft. Yeah. So yeah. when I put out a film, I mean, I'm a nervous wreck, but I, I put it out there <laughs> because it's a story that needs to be told. So I have a YouTube channel we just created recently, put out some of our work out on RLP Productions, my initials, you know, Rebecca Lynn Pierce. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm editor at 25. In fact, I'm doing something really interesting on, on Twitter that I hope, on Instagram, excuse me, that I hope you guys will check out. I've noticed that, that poets put up a poem every day and they get all this exposure and, 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 and kudos for their poems. And I started thinking, well, you know what? The playwright has to move into the 21st century. The playwright needs to be more aggressive and tenacious. So I created a thing called A Page a Day. And oh, I wow. put a page a day of my short plays. I have six, uh, a collection of six short plays that are available on Amazon, of course, along with my novels. And I put up a page a day of each of these plays. And so we posted up a new play yesterday called Coffee Break, A Love Story, which we developed into a short film several years ago, which, is, wow. which you can check out on YouTube as well. And what I found is that people are actually... You know, they're gravitating to their interest in these stories. And, and these plays that I'm putting up, these short plays, several of them have been developed into short films. Mm. And as a, as a play or as a film, people are, the story is what moves people. So I don't like to hear that people don't read. I think Instagram is proving that wrong because people are reading these, page, these That's awesome. pages a day. So if you, you know, go on in, uh, Instagram and look up Editor25, that is me. I have a, a new pieces up. But I'm, I'm with all the other ladies. I was, I was made, created to tell stories. Yeah. Uh, that's my job. And whether I'm teaching in the classroom and breaking down someone else's story, it's my job to show you that life is portrayed in its beauty and its ugliness through either the lens, the page, or the stage, or the canvas. Most definitely. Most definitely. Ladies, I want to thank you all so much for sharing your knowledge. I think we all learned something. I'm not even a filmmaker, but I learned something. <laughs> but thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. And I wish you all nothing but continued success uh, in all that you do. And continue to tell your stories. Thank you so much, Kevin. So I had a great time. Awesome. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. All right, listen, we'll be right back after this. Music machine. Lyrics. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, this yeah. that thing, right? AK. Yeah, boy. Word. Look. Do you think? Look. The product of housing tenements. Try, try blending with the innocent. Yeah. It's to the moon like we chasing stars. Drinks in the air, my we about to raise the yeah. bar. I'm Valerian, can speak it, then can eat with us. The Wayne Martin, these this is just some seat fillers. Teach, level up, there, see the growth. Cryptocurrency, Bitcoins, to who need the most. Yeah. Look, was quick to one, squeeze the toast. These days, about my bread, so I see a loaf. Greedy, couple plates, we gon' eat the most. Point game, if we trail, at least we keep it close. Yeah. Yeah. Take a toast, sip it in moderation. Huh. It was written in a proclamation, my obligation to the fairest the will. Give food for thought till they cherish the meal. Swerve it in pill. Chicks, notice the squad. I ain't talking foreign exchange when I study abroad. Know the facade. Got us lunching up an olive garden. Talking about portfolios and profit margins. Yeah, yeah. We done finally reached the pinnacle. Yeah. Without compromising the principles. Life good, overseas, different interviews. Back then, used to do it for the family. 
we done finally reached the pinnacle. Yeah. Without compromising okay. the principles. Okay. Life good, overseas, different Listen. interviews. Back then, used to do it for the Deep slumber, sleep till we see numbers. Yeah. In the vision, seen it like Steve Wonder. Each summer hit a monetary apex. Lifestyle's much more than having safe sex. Strategic talk, dudes who don't pay chess. That's starving, only getting a taste test. Put the sores, finish wines and poured it. Learn the game from ballers that stay scoreless. Rap my, we paint portraits. Spitting riddles like we socially awkward. Pyrex jaws to the corporate office. Catapulted movements was flawless. <laughs> We about to take a sabbatical, yeah. Got the brand, the crown's just collateral. Yeah. We patrolling different avenues. Life's a bitch. You still wanna marry you. Look, it's kinda hard to think practical. Practical. Think of simple to new rational. Lack of aptitude. Now we down the Georgia Shore. Authoritative. If you spill it, then it's worth we love. Coded language. Shit you never heard before. Verbal onslaught. Like, what do you wanna hurt me for? Yeah. Dig. I'm a lyrical enthusiast. Mumble rap, meet these nicks with a crucifix. We used to listen with exuberance. Yeah. Think they bars coming from a lack of tutelage. Throwing jabs like a pugilist. Not the best, I suggest you go review your list. We done finally reached the pinnacle. Uh -huh. yeah. Without compromising the principles. Mm -hmm. Life good, overseas, different interviews. Back then, used to do it for the pinnacle. We done finally reached the pinnacle. Uh -huh. yeah. Without compromising the principles, life good, overseas, different interviews. Back then, used to do it for the family. We're finally here. We're finally here. Talk to him, Kay. We're finally here. Oh, oh, yeah. Kay, back to me. We're finally here. Uh-huh. We're finally here. Feeling this. We're finally here. Oh, oh, yeah.
can't help but think about it all the time. It's catching on the beat. Close the This is Janera, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Adam, how's it going? It's going well, Stephen. How are you? Cannot complain, cannot complain. Uh, I'll let you on Chica take it away with uh, movie reviews. Sure thing. So uh, I'll kick us off. I saw uh, the movie that came out a couple weeks ago, actually, for the holiday, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and... I'm not sure if you, gave, if you um, dug deep into this or if you actually had a chance to see it. But for anyone who's unfamiliar, this is the second installment of the Fantastic Beast series, which is kind of a prequel storyline to the Harry Potter uh, book and film franchise. And in the first movie, you follow Newt Scamander, who's writing a book, and he goes to the United States. And through a sequence of events, he helps kind of save uh, what's going on there. And he captures this man named Grindelwald, who is a villain. And this movie starts with Grindelwald escaping en route to the UK to answer for his crimes. And we go back into the story of Newtander helping stop this man who is played by Johnny Depp. And he meets Dumbledore. He interacts with Dumbledore along the way. And you kind of get a little bit of taste of Hogwarts, uh, some of Dumbledore as a young person, and more of the Harry Potter world as they are setting this up to be a second movie in a five-part series. So for me, this movie was a little bit all over the place. I do love the Harry Potter series. I do love kind of that world that J.K. Rowling built. But this seemed like a lot of rushed elements, and it's almost like set up for the next movie. You know, Grindelwald... Um, as you probably will realize as time goes on, it doesn't really you know, answer for any crimes in this movie, but this is setting up everything that's going to happen in the next few books and the movies in the series. So 
overall it's fun, but uh, I, I left wanting a little more. The editing was a little choppy. We had many characters that were introduced that you didn't really care about or they kind of threw to the wayside. Uh, so it, it was a bit of a mess, but um, great performances uh, from a lot of the cast members. And definitely if you're a Harry Potter universe fan, check it out. Do you think that uh, they'll win some awards like the first one? Maybe for like costume design or animation um, or, you know, kind of that, that, that type of award. But besides that, no. This one, again, I think we're setting up for some better ones down the line, at least I hope. So I don't think, I mean, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be there, but it's not going to make too many waves in the award season. Okay. Uh, my choice was a movie called The Favorite. Um, it's an acclaimed movie. It won a couple of awards in the independent circuit. Uh, it takes place in the early 18th century England. Well, England is at war with France. And we have uh, an alien queen, Anne, who has a lady in her court. Her name is Lady Sarah. And... Uh, in walks Emma Stone, whose character is named Abigail. As a servant, uh, Lady Sarah takes her in and, and teaches her etiquette and makes her a part of the Queen's court like herself and teaches her the ways of being a lady. And she wasn't expecting that the Queen would fall, you know, in girl love with the servant. So there's a bit of female jealousy, you know, on, on friendships which females do sometimes, and it's very nicely played out in this movie between the three ladies. Um, I thought it was excellent, <laughs> at times really funny, and um, we may see this movie at the Oscars. It was that good. Um, if you can tolerate um, 18th century uh, theme, which I do, I do that type, that era, especially when it comes to film, because it's just it's, it's uniquely done. I think that um, Emma Stone is really one of uh, the gifted actresses in Hollywood, and she really shined through in this film. Uh, definitely check it out. It's one of those uh, rainy day, you know, go to the theater and check it out type of movies. It's, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I do get into films of this nature, and it, it blew me away. I really was pleased by it, so I'll give it two thumbs up. Oh, nice. I'll definitely want to check it out. What's coming in down the line for you? So, you know, nothing until I guess the summer really kicks in. This is kind of in a this this weekend will be kind of a slow release. They're releasing like Schindler's List and Deadpool two, um, but Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is an animated film that looks really fun. Yeah. A lot of people have said it's one of the best Spider Man movies out there. So that that's high on the list. Uh, and then as we dig deeper into December, I do want to see the uh, Holmes and Watson. This is with uh, Will Ferrell and John Riley, and it's kind of a um, comedy version of the Sherlock Holmes story. So right. uh, I think they're a good duo, as we've seen in like Talladega Nights, so that'll be fun. And mm -hmm. then that uh, movie Vice with uh, Kristen Bale playing Dick Cheney as the uh, yeah. president. That, that one looks really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the highlights. Um, you know, and, Chica, you might have a different opinion, but I finally, so I don't usually go 
active looking at trailers, but I saw the Aquaman trailer the uh, you know when I was watching Fantastic Beasts, and I didn't think it looked any good. But maybe I'm looking at it. No, weird. we're on the same page on that. We're on the same page. Okay. So so here's look, the deal. I was going to talk yeah. about Aquaman, so here's the deal. So if and I mentioned this last week or the last show that we did, um, Amazon Prime members have the option to see the movie a week ahead of time. So the earliest you can see it is December 15th. So I will be in the theaters on December 15th to see Aquaman. And I'm, I'm going on record along with Adam. I'm not impressed by what I'm seeing. Actually, I'm a little disappointed. I'm just going to the movies so that I can see it and honestly rule on it. Because from what I see in the trailers, I'm like, eh, so what? But we'll see. Yeah, it just looks like the trailer looked bad. The dialogue sounded bad. It sounded like a dated movie from like the '90s. It's just like the whole the whole setup. I don't know. Um, yeah, I hope you're surprised and uh, it comes out well because I will say this time last year is when the Sony did a early screening for Jubilee. And I didn't think that trailer looked good at all, and then the movie blew me away. So this might be a surprise again. We'll see. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I really want better for the WB. But I will say this about the WB and um, the DC Universe. Their app that they have um, for you to look at content on your uh, mobile device is all of that. I'm getting into their series on there called Titans, which is basically the Teen Titans but there's nothing teen about these titans. Uh, it's okay. really hardcore. It's really, really hardcore, and it's good. I mean, really good. Like, I think that if you watch all the episodes consecutively, it kind of plays out like a movie. It's really that good. So if you can okay. get the app, I think it's like $8 a month. And DC, I think you need to send me a check for endorsing you. Check it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that 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 makes me uh, brings me to another point. So you know, Daredevil just got canceled. Speaking of uh, TV shows, so Marvel it looks like reeling in all the Netflix movies. So you know, there's talks that Daredevil's canceled. They're going to cancel Jessica Jones and Punisher and all the the Netflix Marvel movies. I don't know if you were a fan of them, but what were your thoughts on that? So. I want to exclude Marvel for a minute. It's just something that I'm starting to notice about um, Netflix and cause, because these aren't the only shows that are canceled. Um, they don't play around when it comes to the budget of shows. I'm noticing that if the budget of the shows gets a little skewy or choppy or shaky, they ax the show. They do not play. Uh, if you're over budget, they definitely will cut you. And if you're not raking in the numbers, they will definitely cut you. Um, you know, on network TV, they play around with it for a minute. They'll try to help you out by moving you to a new day or a new time. But in the streaming world, there's no such thing. It's streaming. So you either sink or swim. Um, with the Marvel stuff, I think that, and this is just me taking my guess at it, I'm thinking that they're costing too much to make because okay. this is a world that is not of this world and it takes money to create that. And I think that they're spending a whole lot more money than they anticipated on spending to make things look good. So, okay. Maybe. Them go? Uh, 
I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. To be okay. honest, I'm indifferent. Um, what they probably should have done and they still can do is take some of your sub-characters and do animated, uh, animated series. Mm. I believe that that would take off and fly, especially the ones that people um, don't gravitate to that much, like maybe Gambit or maybe Rogue or maybe Storm. Okay. And they just start off with some of those and create like little cartoons, little mini-movies, and see how that goes. Just a suggestion. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I didn't follow the Marvel movie, the TV shows, but I know a lot of people were shocked that even Daredevil, Daredevil was kind of the, the I guess, the, the standard, and so that was like the most popular And that was one, one of the better ones. That was one of the better yeah. ones. Um, I wasn't, I mean, Luke Cage had its moments, but it, it didn't like make me, you know, clapping and running, you know, and you've heard me talk about other shows that are on Netflix and I rave about them. Those shows, not so much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what develops with that. Uh, and, of course, there's rumors that uh, Netflix is kind of preemptively cutting them back because Disney's coming out with their streaming service. They might oh, are they? Uh, yep. just re- reboot, them, reboot them under the Marvel banner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Hulu and Netflix need to watch out. <laughs> Disney's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. They just said they're getting around some of this money. <laughs> Exactly. But I, I will I will tell you this. I will say this. And I'm not just saying this because well, I am saying this because I love them. When it comes to operationally, you know, how they're organized and how the features of a streaming system, I really love what Amazon Prime is doing. I really, really do. Um, the fact that, you know, of course it's voice activated, that's a plus, but it's not necessary. But the fact that when I love the feature of selecting something and it gives you other options of what you might like because of things that you've chosen already. Because it gives me an opportunity to discover things that I may not have known about. Mm. So yeah. it, it's like smart to read. It gives you options based on your selections. I love that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Nice, nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, as always, we thank you for letting us know what to spend our money on and what not to. And I hope you all have a great week. We'll talk again next Monday. All right. Sounds good. All right. Right back after this. Nothing.
Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the First Lady Faith Evans, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Janera, how's it going? Great. How are you, Stephen? I'm good. I'm good. How's how's the uh, Christmas shopping and decorating all that going on? Um, I only have... Um, we just moved, so I only have a Christmas tree up. I usually do like so much, so much more like decorating around the house, but uh-huh. I just haven't had a chance a chance to. So yeah, um, we're moving it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get everything together, but I do plan on putting up the rest of our decorations. I just haven't had a chance to because everything's all over the place. Yeah, I understand that. I definitely do. Yeah. Well, I know with the holidays around the corner, there's a lot of great sales out there. There are, there are, and I wish I was able to talk to everybody last week because Cyber Monday was crazy. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you take it away. All right, all right, I'm ready. All right. All right, so today is the last day to shop Carter. Um, they're still having a Cyber, like their Cyber Monday deals. Um, they did it all week, and today is the last day to shop there. And, and save uh, 55% on your purchase. Plus, you can get free shipping on on everything. Uh, Jimboree is also having a sale today. And if you shop there now, you can get Christmas teas, which is my favorite, for just $5. Um, if you shop at Children's Place, you can get doorbusters for just $1. So that's a great deal. And right now, they, they do something every day. And today, they're doing, like, um, hats and gloves and scarves. Uh, today's the last day to shop Express and get dresses for just twenty nine ninety. Sweaters starting at just nineteen ninety. Uh, tees for just fourteen ninety, and tanks and camis for just nine ninety. Uh, if you shop Saks Fifth Outlet off, I'm sorry, Saks Fifth Avenue off Fifth, which is the outlet store, you can get twenty dollars off your purchase of one hundred dollars or more. Mm. Today is the la- right. That's a great deal, uh, and they they're also doing tons of other deals. So you may want to look into that. Uh, today is the last day to shop the limited and get sweats for just $29.99. Plus, you can get 50% off of everything else. Uh, today is the last day to shop Gap Factory and get up to 70% off of almost everything. Banana Republic is also having a sale. And if you shop there, uh, you can get 40% off of your purchase. Plus, you can get an extra 10% off of all outerwear and winter strips. And last but not least, today is the last day to shop um, to shop the to shop Nine West and get and buy two get fifty percent off of your purchase. Nice, so nice. That's nice. all you guys this evening. Okay, mm-hmm. they can find all that at budgetshopaholic.com, correct? They surely can. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Stephen. All you right. Too. Right back after this. <laughs> It's been a long time coming out I overcame all the drama now I'm going strong on my bounce back My setback got me on track Now every day it's a new task Face my fears covered up underneath the mask I had to ease my mind from the crazy shit Adjusted for the perfect fit Scars from my past Split surrounded with the counterfeit 
All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can you see? All I need, all I need is me. Let me catch the grips. Control my attitude, let me lock my lips. And when they pop the clips, I push the anchor down, then I rock the ship. Yo, I've been smoking steady, tripping, get the sip and told them, listen, they ain't ready for the petty. When I dodge it, I stay ready, fatal humble, keep it heavy, stay low key, call me shady, I ain't with it, I ain't with it, tell them critics, I ain't with it. It was kind of hard for me to see, dreaded pain turn to misery, lack of love in the families, jealousy from my enemies, I had to keep it going. Shoulder weight maxed out, keep it flowing. Uh, then I rise above it. Bragging rights, longer nights, I put nothing for it. Chup, chup. All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can you see? All I need, all I need is me. All I need in this life is me. No stress, no pain, feel free. Look around, up and down, can you see? All I need, all I need is me. Yeah. All I need, all I need is. Uh. Yo. Uh. Ain't nobody out here living for me. Ain't nobody out here living for me. Uh. Parker, and you're listening to the Stevie Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stevie Knight Show. Aaron Cosby, how's it going? Stevie, Stevie Wonder, what's up? <laughs> How you feeling? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little exhausted. Three final exams in three days with one more to go tomorrow. But, wow. Um, I'm Life of a law student. <laughs> Yay. Pushing, pushing through though, pushing through. Yeah. Thank you for asking. How was how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. It went by kind of. It was. It wasn't like I didn't do a whole lot, but it was cool. It was chill, which is good to have that sometimes. Because this weekend coming up gonna be crazy, so it's gonna be cool. How about you? Was it studying? Uh, just been uh, books. Yeah. Studying exams. I feel you. What's going on in the world of sports? Uh, you tell me, man. Like, you're down in Atlanta right now. <laughs> yeah. And the 
Georgia Dome. Oh gosh, I can't get the Georgia Dome. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, has had some tough L's the past couple of days. Like they, you know, and, and it's and it's been at the hands of the home team. Like yeah. they can't win. Like what's what's up? Like what's going? It, is it twenty-eight to three again? Like it's. It's crazy. The Falcons lost again to the Ravens. 26-16. And the University of Georgia lost to yeah, Alabama in sure the SEC championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After having a lead. So where did they go wrong? <clears throat> um, They actually showed up. No, 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 Georgia's a really good team. Like, I don't know. Like, they, because um, a couple of years ago, they were in the national championship game mm-hmm. against Alabama, which, which, was, which was played at the um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Right. And um, they had a lead, and they lost the lead mm. to Alabama. Like, it's something about I don't know what it is when it comes to either – these football teams that are based out of Georgia, they just, they do not live in a league. Like, they don't like it. Like, yeah. we got each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, the game is over. We can, you, it, 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 and you know how I am when it right. comes to the um, football teams exactly. in Georgia. I, I like the joke with the mirror thing, but I just think that they just be partying in their head. They're at, they're, it's halftime, they're in the locker room, and they are just I guess um, getting ready to go to the club, or <laughs> well, I don't know. Like it's some, something happens. Like they think that the um, football game is just um, one half. Right. They think that that the halftime means that it's over. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that there's a second half of uh, there's football more to it. Right. <laughs> there's more and, to it. You know, like you got to come back out, fellas. Right. 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 Oh, it's the second half. Like yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> and then they come back, and then that's it. You know. Oh, my goodness, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, my goodness, you stupid. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah, they what, lost. They what lost. do you think it is, Stephen? What do you think it is? What What's going on down there? I don't know, but we have some angry people walking around here because, you know, everybody was looking forward to that game one Saturday, and then for the Falcons to lose uh, yesterday, it's like, can't catch a break. <laughs> Okay, let me just talk about the um the um that Falcons game. Okay. Um, boy, <laughs> somebody needs to lose their job. Like, the why? Why is Julio Jones not getting the ball? Like, what is going on? Why is he? He's not. What's is it Matt Ryan? Is he all like something? Matt Ryan shows signs of, of of playing great ball, but then he shows signs of really being a below average quarterback. Is it the offensive line? Is it uh, is it the individual play at um, quarterback? Like uh, something's up. It's it's weird. Is it mm-hmm. the coaching? Like it's. What do you think it is? Team, Okay, some injuries. The, the 
the Falcons have had to um, deal with injuries yeah. this season. But but so do other teams. Right. It, it happens you know everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that as as an excuse. Oh, you know, we, we have injuries. That's football. Football is, is a sport where, where a lot of your um, – players are going to get injured right. while you have other guys that are supposed to step up. Mm-hmm. And those guys aren't aren't stepping up. Then to me that tells me that your team is not that good. This you know, they're 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 just not good. Yeah. They're just they're just not a good team. I again I, I think part of it is still with that twenty eight three. Yeah, I said it again. I <laughs> can't get over that huh? until they prove me wrong. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, twenty eight three. And I'm gonna call Georgia, the um, Bulldogs, the same thing to now 28-3 because it seems like it's some um, spread. It's, it's, it's spread. It's and if Georgia Tech does it, it's, it's the same thing. Georgia uh-huh. Tech 28-3 yep. and Georgia State 28-3. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. So <laughs> <I'm> crazy. <laughs> Morehouse Clark Alden, yes. Right. Everybody gets. Everybody gets it. Everybody. Until the Falcons prove me wrong, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't even live in Atlanta anymore, and I'm still pissed off, man. Like, right? Cause you, anyway. Mm. Okay, they're just not good, and the Ravens are actually good. Like, I'm... okay, Lamar Jackson. When I saw him playing in Atlanta yesterday, I saw. I saw glimpses of Michael Vick circa 2004 mm. wow. in the Georgia Dome. Just you know, just just if he does not get hurt, he can really be a an un, unstoppable. I mean, this 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 kid has it. He is talented. I mean, he's very talented. He. Okay, let me just say this one one other thing. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are on a three game winning streak. He's been their starting quarterback since Joe Flacco's been out on okay. injury. Hear me out. Injury, right? Injury. Injury. On a three game winning streak with their starting quarterback injured. <laughs> so you know, like injury. Yeah. People, anyway, it's called talent. Um, since Lamar Jackson's been starting again, he's a rookie. They are on a three-game winning streak. He is three and zero as a starter in the National Football League as a rookie. There we go. So you think he's he's gonna be the next Vic? I see it. I mean, I, I see it. I mm-hmm. see glimpses. I mean, I, I see it. I see it. Um, I don't want to get you know get them too too hype, but I see. I I just I saw it. I saw glimpses. Like if if. If he can just stay healthy yeah, and maybe work on injuries and whatnot, just yeah. a little bit more, and don't turn the ball over because he has a tendency of fumbling the ball when when he's uh, running. Mm-hmm. Right? So if if he can just kind of work on some of some of those um things, I see it. Okay, yeah, possible, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Pittsburgh lost. I don't know if you're a, a, a Steelers fan, but um. Pittsburgh had a lead, and they lost that lead. They did like a Falcons thing. They had a big lead, and um, they lost to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, 33-3. The San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so um, this, 
I'm excited. This these playoffs are going to be epic for the NFL. Like it's it's new it's new teams. They're young teams. They have fresh faces. Like it's this is going to be good. The um, Chargers, the um, the um, the Rams. I mean, think about this. Two teams in Los Angeles, two football teams in LA are likely going to be in the playoffs. Wow. For a city who just who what two years ago didn't even have a football franchise. Right, yeah. Had not exactly. had a football franchise for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. Now they have two teams going in and you know, be hype out there. in the country, New York, they can't they can't get one of their teams to make to make the playoffs. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 good to be um, you know, hey um Cali. Cali. Right. Go Rams, go Chargers. Um basketball front man. The Lakers I told you that they were gonna start playing ball. Yeah. They are slowly they are slowly getting it together. They're slowly getting it together. Yes. I like it. I like it right now. They're they still have some um some um some things to kind of clean up here to work through here yeah. and um there but it looks all right okay it looks okay so we'll um, see what happens we'll, we'll and, um, see. oh so the um four teams that are in the um college football playoffs are alabama clemson notre dame and oklahoma so those are your um four teams okay. oklahoma's number one clemson's number two Notre Dame's number three and Alabama's number four. I mean, and Oklahoma's number four, excuse me. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, Ron. We'll see what happens. As always, we thank you. Don't stay, well, study hard. I was going to say, don't study too hard, but study hard. You got one more to go. And thank you, brother. Have thank a you. great week, okay? Same to you. Thank you. All right. Right back at this.
with heel dealers, lounging in the cut with the big willers, rocking clean whips and fresh kicks, hauling bars, holly stars, twisted Uber cars. Car ride by with the booming system, throwback by with a good detention, lover who you are, don't be scared to mention, chillin' with my beats, no ill pretension, catch the waves, that's a day, Sundays, fun days, Fridays, payday, make money any day, whatever you do, love it and be free. I'll make it sexy, baby. That's our show. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in. I want to shout out all the panelists that were on tonight. We definitely appreciate your in, your in, your thoughts and your you know your experiences. Also, remind you that if you want to donate to the Stephen Knight Show Christmas Kindness Giveaway, go to our website, thestephenknightshow.com. You can also order your T-shirts while you're there. We appreciate your support. Have a great week. God bless and good night. Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com.